Hi, I'm Dominic Insinius, leader of The Heart. I want to welcome you to The Heart Podcast. Thank you for letting us be a small part in your journey of faith. I hope this message today encourages you and strengthens you. Big things can happen when we expect God to move, so I pray today that God would speak to you through this message. Welcome to The Heart. My name is Dominic. I'm the leader here uh, in this community where none of us really know what we're doing in life. Some of us do. Uh, I'm not one of them, but that's why I put people around me who maybe know what they're doing in life and can guide me along the way. That's what makes this community so special, so special to me and uh, special to this city, this area, is we are willing to admit our mess, be in the mess, and walk through it together. That awareness of your mess is really the biggest step to growing. We, uh, we're ending our series today called Close, and, uh, or Close, sorry. <laughs> It also, it also says close. Um, <laughs> just cut that out. Uh, our series called Close. I promise I've been doing all of the, whole, the whole series. And what we, what we did with this series is we started with an idea of what do we learn, how do we grow, what can we experience by understanding and really, really leaning into the people that we are close to. So we started off the series asking you a question, who knows you? Who knows who you really are? Who knows you and who really knows you? Who knows when you say you're hungry, who knows exactly the three options you need to hear for what you want to eat? Who knows that when you want to hear some music, they know what kind of songs to put on because they know a lot about you. They know a lot about you, but they also know you. And, and, and what we've been exploring over the last couple of weeks, and like I said, we're going to wrap up today, is there were, there were three people that were extremely close to Jesus, because Jesus had his 12 disciples, but there's, there's a, a certain key stories throughout, throughout the, the Gospels. There's four Gospels in the Bible. We're going to look at one in a sec. Through, throughout the Gospels, there's a few key areas of Jesus' life, a few, a few key things that he did, that there were three specific people invited to come be a part of those, and that was Peter, James, and John. And uh, uh, the first week we talked about Peter and how what it, what it really meant for Jesus to know Peter and how people who really know you are not going to close themselves off until they have forgiven you. They're going to they're reach out for forgiveness. They're going to let you know that there's no forgiveness needed because there's a, there's a close connection there. And then last week, we talked a little bit about James and what he was able to experience by watching Jesus change. If you look in your Bibles or look on Google, it's called the Transfiguration. You should check it out. And you can always listen to all the podcasts that we have. Uh, we, we save them on anywhere you can get podcasts. You can watch uh, the YouTube. And then we put the bootleg version out the Friday before the Sunday. So you can check out the messages before we say them here. That last part is not real. You imagine bootleg messages. <laughs> hey, what's up, Michelle? What? <clears throat> I haven't seen Michelle in about a month and a half. So today what I want to do is I want to explore a little bit what it's like if being close with someone means that we can be known. And we already talked about being known by someone takes some intention on our part. Okay, People can only get as close to you as you want them to. They can't get any closer than that. 
They can't get any closer than you will allow them access to both physically, mentally, emotionally. So how can we learn from both the amazing things that people go through as well as some of the lowest times in people's lives? Can we grow our faith by experiencing some of the lows of the people that we are closest to? I think we can. Can we grow our faith by letting people close to us when we are going through some of our lowest times in our life? I want to, you know, I, I went through the same thing everyone else did a year and a half ago. The shutdown, right? The world shut down. America shut down. Texas shut down. Or more practically for our San Marcos and the surrounding areas, shut down. It was tough to get what you needed. And then by the time you could, you had to wait in long lines. Anybody, anybody missed the long lines at HEB? That was so fun. What an adventure we were all on together. But I got to tell you, and, I, and maybe I've told this story before, but I want to share with you, there's a few people in my life that I can count on one hand that saw me at my lowest during that. Now, I know that some of us thrived in, in quarantine. Some of us thrived uh, in, in being alone or finding a hobby, and I did not find a hobby. And I started to, if, if you don't remember, if you weren't here, we were, we, were, we were putting up a video on Sunday mornings on YouTube, and then we'd all get online, and so I was recording the YouTube, uh, the YouTube video up in... Uh, uh, we, we, we just called it the studio because I set it up with everything and it stayed that way for a long time. And I was, you know, shooting videos for church and, and we put that out. And the feeling of loneliness that I experienced uh, doing a 27-minute message into a camera in a room by myself, it was tough. It was tough for me. And, 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 and I'm not telling this story because I think it was tough for me and no one else. So hang with me, okay? is if you know anything about me, I thrive around people. We dropped Corbin off uh, at school this past Saturday, not yesterday, but the one before, and I have made myself busy every single night since he has been gone. I have a problem. I'm like, oh, we should do this with these people tonight. We should do this with these people tonight. Hey, you know, we need to celebrate this other thing I just made up. And, and we go out and, you know, I love being around people. Amber, my wife, if she had her choice, we'd stay in every night, watch movies, watch TV shows, go for walks, all that kind of stuff. And there's nothing wrong with that, but I get a little, I get a little antsy. I got to get a little loosey-goosey, you know? I got to get my wiggles out. And so during this time in the, in the, in the quarantine where, you know, a lot of us, we didn't know anything about anything, so we were afraid of everything, and, or at least afraid of other people. And so I'm, you know, I, 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 I'm, in this, I'm in this place where it just seems like I can't ever really connect with somebody. And I just, I started to question so much. I started to question, are we, you know, should we even keep this church going? Is anybody even watching? Does this even matter for anybody even more? Does it, or anymore? Does it matter to me? Maybe I should just shut it down. And, and, I, and these are the thoughts that I would have. I thought, are we just, we're just going to be another, 
another business, another church, another entity, another organization, another community that has become victim and subject to the COVID-19 pandemic and shutdown? These are real thoughts I had. And I couldn't wrap my mind around like listening to other church leaders on podcasts and stuff and how excited they were of what they were able to learn and do during this time. And I'm just like, how, how are people doing well during all of this? Because I am not. And I wasn't, you know, writing a blog about this. And, you know, I, I, I didn't want to get up there on, on, uh, on Sunday or, you know, Friday when I recorded the message into the camera and, and tell everybody about how sad I was and the depression that I was going through and how I didn't know if anything was real anymore or anything mattered anymore. And I didn't want to do that. I, didn't wanna sh- I, I don't like sharing stuff like that. There are very few people that I've ever met or, or even heard about that love sharing their lows. There's not like a, an opposite Instagram. What would the opposite of Instagram be? LinkedIn, okay. Yeah, LinkedIn, LinkedIn is pretty sad. Uh, the opposite of an Instagram, okay? Uh, forget a gram. Do you have an idea? Okay. Finstagram, okay. Finstagram, where you post all of your lowest moments, right? You got fired from your job, you take, a, you take a selfie and like, lost another job today. But you can't hashtag God is good because it's not Instagram, you know what I mean? We don't have an opposite of that where we're out loud sharing all of the negative things that happened to us. In fact, for a lot of you, let me ask you this, I'm gonna have you raise your hand. How many of you, your instinct your natural way of dealing with your lowest, when you're at your lowest, do you isolate yourself mentally, physically, or emotionally? Okay, it's not everybody, but it was a lot of us. Okay, you're good. We got an isolator back there. We can sometimes tend to isolate because that is where we feel safe. We isolate because we don't know how to share. We don't know, whatever, the, whatever our fear is, it might be a fear of people think we won't have it all together, a, a fear of being vulnerable and somebody won't accept that vulnerability, a, a fear of uncertainty. Uncertainty will stop us in our tracks. But what if we had people close enough to us that we could trust with that pain? That we could trust with that pain. I've seen this in dogs too, and a few dogs that we've owned or dogs that friends of ours have owned that when a dog is sick or hurt, they tend to isolate. Animals will find a place to hide. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to be vulnerable literally, literally to predators. We don't want to be vulnerable to the people in our life emotionally. But what if we had people in our life that were close enough to us that we could trust, just extend a little bit of trust to share our pain? Who were the people in your life that you were close enough to that they share their pain with you? I said last week when we were talking about what it's like to to be there when people experience the best parts of their life the highs of their life, and how if somebody wants to share a true accomplishment, a high that they have, they want to share that with you, that is a big deal. 
If somebody allows you to know them, that is a big deal because it takes vulnerability and intention to let someone get to know you. And so if you have someone in your life who is allowing you to see their lows, now I'm not talking about the people who you're not close to and want to complain about their story. I'm not saying that now you need to go to everyone who has something negative to say about their life and say, wow, we are really close right now because you're complaining about your boss again this week. We are so close because you do such a good job of talking trash about your husband, you know? That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the people who you are close to in your life. And when I say close to, I know that is subjective. Because what close means to me might be different than what close means to you. I personally am a very trusting person early on. I will offer a lot of trust up front and figure it out from there. I'm very quick to let people into my family. And, you know, my wife and I, we were just talking uh, this week, and she was like, it is so crazy to me that you still are, like, on the lookout for more friends. And I was like, what do you mean? She's like, the amount of friends you have, it would be overwhelming to me. No pictures, please. Um, <laughs> I forgot where I was. It was like the men in black flash. I forgot. I forgot where I was. <laughs> um, the amount of friends. So many. That was just a humble brag that I was trying to fit in there. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm not close. Yes, thank you. <laughs> what a great team. So the amount of friends that I have does not necessarily mean I'm close to everyone. The amount of friends you have, maybe you have a bunch, maybe you have a little bit, it doesn't matter. That's not the point, is who are you close to? Who are you close with? Who gets to see you when you're low? Who lets you see who they really are when they're low? And and, and it's with that I want to look at this particular piece of scripture and it's one of my favorites uh, in the Bible, and not, you know, not in a dark, twisted way, but it's when Jesus is praying in the Garden of Gethsemane. This is right before he gets crucified, murdered, attacked. Right before that, he's going to pray. And so if you don't know the story, there's been this plot to kill Jesus because he is ruffling some religious feathers. He's going around telling people that God loves them for who they are, and all the religious people are like, I don't think so, buddy. We got some rules and regulations that introduce God's love to people. And so the whole story is coming up to a, to a crescendo. You know, we're there right at the end, and Jesus says, Jesus knows something is about to happen. He says, I need to take some time. And I need to pray. I need to take some time and really meditate on what is going on and really pray. So I'm going to go off here and pray. And guess who he brings? Peter, James, and John. He says, I need you three, my three closest friends, my closest companions. I want you to come with me. And I want you to to, to see what happens here. Now, I want you to listen to this in the context of if you were there, and we, and we get to know what it's like to be there because we're going to read an account of it. If you were there and you were sharing this incredibly vulnerable moment with not just a friend, not just someone you have been on mission, on purpose with, someone who you believe to be your Messiah, someone who you believe to be the Son of God. 
What would you be experiencing? What would you be thinking if you were there in this moment? So I'm going to read, uh, this is uh, the book of Matthew. And if you're not familiar with the Bible, it's no big deal. Matthew is one of the books of the Bible. There's four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew is the first of those Gospels that's uh, in, the, in, in order in the Bible. And these are accounts of Jesus, the people Jesus healed, the things that Jesus did while he was on earth. So Matthew is one of those accounts. And towards the end of Matthew is where we're going to be picking up where Jesus is praying here. So we're going to read verses 36 through 38. Watch this. Then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And here it is, he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of, to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Now, the story goes on to where he prays and he comes back to check on them and Peter, James, and John are asleep. Typical, I really relate to that. What were you saying, babe? You know. And so then he goes back to pray, he comes back, they're asleep again, and, and we get to see Jesus in one of his most human moments where he's terrified of what is about to happen. There's a part in here where he even asks God to remove this opportunity for suffering. If there's any way for God to do what he needs to do without Jesus suffering, Jesus expressed that he wanted that and then expressed that he wanted God's will more than anything else. So we are seemingly at one of the lowest times in Jesus' life, and he chooses a few close people to be there with him in it. If someone brings you in to one of the hardest parts of your life, that is someone who feels connected to you and is reaching for connection to you. Again, I'm not talking about people who, who just want to complain, who are just complaining about something that happened to them. I'm talking about people who are going through something and want to share it with you, not yell it at you. I see Jesus bringing people that he trusted close to him, knowing that it was going to be heavy on him. And he brings these particular people, and that is just fascinating to me. So if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Let's start with this. Seeing someone at their lowest grows your connection to them. See, what's interesting about Peter, James, and John is these are three men who went on to do a lot for the church. They went on to do a lot for the movement. They have a few books here in the Bible that were written by them, according to biblical scholars. Now, would they have done that if they hadn't been so close to Jesus? Possibly, you can never know. But they were able to be in these key moments with Jesus at his highest in the transfiguration when he was talking to Moses and Elijah and at the lowest when he knew he was about to die, when he knew he was about to be betrayed by the people he had put trust in. And they got to see these things. And I think there is something powerful when we're able to share in the suffering and pain of those close to us. I was reading about a few studies, and it was nothing definitive. But what they, what they said is it seems to be a bond created when a group of people go through pain 
together. When a group of people go through something together, there is a bond that is created. When there is tragedy and there is pain, and some, there, there, there's a bond by people who are sharing the same grief. Right? When something, hap- something happens to a loved one, there is a bond created with those closest to the loved one. There, there's a bond of remembrance, of trust, of hope for the future. There is something happens, there's something that happens when we let ourselves be vulnerable enough to trust those we are close with, with our pain, with our suffering, and when we're open to that from others. If you're taking notes, write this down. Letting someone see you at your lowest takes trust and intention. You will not accidentally show your lowest point to people around you. Maybe your, your, your poker face, I have a terrible poker face, so maybe your poker face is not good and people can say, hey, I know something's wrong. Yeah, what are you, a genius? <laughs> I'm frowning and I haven't said anything for five minutes. Of course, something's wrong. That's not at your lowest. That might be at your angriest. Letting someone see you at your lowest will involve you intentionally reaching out to connect. It will involve you making the choice to trust that person you're close with. We talk about choice a lot at the heart almost every Sunday. Trust happens first by choice. We bond with each other through, tra- through tragedy and pain. When we go through something, there is a connection together. And the way, I, the way I know that is when I talk about the shutdown, when I talk about quarantine, when I talk about all the stuff we had to go through, everybody remembers. Can you put your hand up if you remember Snowpocalypse earlier this year? Anybody remember that? Anybody remember? Oh, strong memories, right? Anybody remember never wanting an egg more badly in your whole life and you couldn't, you couldn't get one, okay? <laughs> Some people are like, I don't, even, I don't even eat eggs. And if I could just have one egg... There's something that bonds the state of Texas around the snowpocalypse. Has the world had snow before that? Of course. Has it snowed in Texas before? Yes, it has. Do people deal with a lot more snow and colder weather for way longer than a couple of days around even America? They most definitely do, but Texans were not ready for it, and it was jarring for us, and it was traumatic, and now we're bonded for life. Now I know that Amber and I and Birdie and Crystal and Matt and Michelle, we can't all live together ever for any amount of time. We know that as a fact because of snowpocalypse. Maybe three days. (laughs) When we share our pain and our tragedy... When we share our pain and our tragedy with someone, we are doing two things. We are offering up trust, and we are being intentional. And when you share your pain with those that you're closest with, it is not a burden that you are asking them to carry. You can throw it back up there. It's not a burden that you're asking them to carry. It is a connection that you are choosing to make. I think sometimes we don't like to share our lowest moments or, or, or things that are going on because we don't want to sound like a bother. 
We don't want to sound like we're dumping our problems on somebody else. I've had people tell me that before. This isn't your problem. And I'm saying, I don't want to make it my problem, but I want to share in this with you. One of the questions that our, our, our leadership team, we ask each other is, how can I be in this with you? Do you need me to check in on you? Do you, do you need me to live you alone for two days and then bombard you with love? How, how can I be in this with you? Because I want to connect with, I want to share in this mess that you're in. It's not a burden to me. Maybe for some of us, the people who are close in our life, maybe we've let them know unintentionally or intentionally that their problems, their pain, their suffering is a burden to us. Well, we have an opportunity, at least maybe this week, to say, when you share your pain and suffering, it does not burden me. I want to share in it with you so you don't have to carry it all yourself. I was able to share that I wanted to shut down the church and do something else. I was going to be a professional poker player. Man, I went through a lot in a couple of months, y'all. And I'd have been a terrible poker player. I have no poker face. Online poker. Got it. I'm back in. We're shutting down the church after homecoming. What I was able to do is share with the close people in my life saying, y'all, this is where I'm at. I'm not even sure if we're supposed to do the church anymore. And it just took, it just took one of them saying, no, I think we still should. I'm like, really? I never thought about it that way before. That's interesting. It's a good thought. It's a good thought. Maybe we should. <laughs> but if I hadn't let the people that were around me, the people I'm close with, if I hadn't let them in on what I was really thinking, then I'd have just been stuck up here with those thoughts. But I chose to reach out in trust. I chose to reach out in connection. And it's not my place to share anybody's story, but... I have people on our leadership team and obviously my wife and my son and some of the people I'm very close to where I make space for them to be low, where I make space for them to be upset, make space for them to be angry, make space for them to be angry at me. Because my first instinct with all of that is defensiveness. My superpower when I'm upset is blame. Anybody else really good at that? You can blame somebody else. You know, you blame somebody else for the problem, blame the dog, blame the temperature, the governor, you know, probably, the president, whatever, whoever I can blame for what's going on, as long as I don't have to take the blame myself. So here's what I want you to do this week, y'all. I want you to make yourself aware of those close to you I want you to make yourself aware of what they are trying to share with you. What are they wanting to share with you? Because it's going to take intention on your end as well to put yourself in a place to hear what those close around you are trying to say. Who are you close to? That's the question we've been asking these last three weeks. Are you making yourself available emotionally, spiritually, physically, mentally to the people that you choose to be close to? If you could, close your eyes and bow your heads for a minute. I want to pray for us this morning. God, we're so grateful to be able to be part of a community where it is safe to be a mess, where it is safe to be angry, where it's safe to be sad. I pray that this week we would have our hearts soft enough and ready enough to hear those close to us and the things that they're sharing. I pray that we would recognize when people are sharing what they're feeling low about and we'd be able to be there with them in that, not try to fix it, not try to do something for them, but to 
to be in there in the middle of it with them. Thank you for the opportunity to do this together as a family, as a community, as a group of people with a single purpose, and that is to grow in our faith. We love you, and we pray that in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Heart Podcast. At The Heart, our mission and goal is to connect people to the heart of God. If you would like to pursue a relationship with Jesus Christ, please visit us at www.theheart.church for more information. If today's message connected with you, we want to invite you to share it with someone who might benefit from it. And if you live near San Marcos, Texas, we'd like to invite you to visit us this Sunday morning, but we have two experiences for you to choose from at 9.30 and 11 a.m., all happening at the Spot Cinema House and Eatery. Remember to be bold this week and connect with those around you. It's how our relationships grow and how your faith grows.